0: to do with whether or not you get pissed at Waldo, Uh, okay, Alex, who's Waldo, I don't know Waldo, you know, it's Waldo, you know, somebody knows who Waldo is, I'm sure, Uh, you know, so so you're pissed at Waldo uh, because Waldo pissed you off, you know, and and you're kind of cussing Waldo out, you know, Uh, but, and then you ask yourself, well, am I really saved? Well, your, 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 your salvation has nothing to do with your behavior. Now, I'm not saying it's okay to cuss out Wal- Waldo, okay? Really, you should be loving Waldo no matter what Waldo does, okay? Just love him, okay? Just pray for him. Just love him, all right? That's what we ought to do, but we don't always do it. Am I right, guys? We don't always do it, church, okay? And so we want to be secure in this truth that, yeah, there's going to be this gap between my actions and who I am in Christ. And so What happens is this, however, you know, we we question, uh, you know, if, if we're really righteous based on how we act, and then we try to use striving and willpower to try to overcome whatever it is, a bad temper or even fear and anxiety, you know, but you can't do it that way. I submit to you, it doesn't work. The Christian life can't be a life of striving, because striving would be you depending on yourself. But guys, what did the Bible say? He said, yield yourselves unto God. Yield yourselves unto God. So so what does it mean to yield to God? Well, to yield, guys, is literally to give way to. To yield is, is to let the Holy Spirit do his work in us. To yield is kind of like saying you're letting somebody else go first. You know, sometimes in traffic there's a traffic sign and you yield at a, at a you know, there's a, there's a cross uh, section and you yield. Well, that literally means you're going to let the other car go first. That's to yield. And so, to yield in its very basic sense is to let the Holy Spirit go first. It is really to live a life of trusting and depending on the spirit of grace who is at work on the inside of us. Because how many know he's working in you? He's working in you. But what you got to do is you got to yield to him, you know, and you yield to him like this, you know, Waldo pisses you off. Oh Alex, there you go again on with Waldo who's Waldo just, just using this in a, as a as an illustration, guys um and what you when you're yielding to God is you know yielding as we're going to see as we get into this more is you being totally honest with God you know you're not going to pretend you're going to say, Lord, Waldo pisses me off again, but Lord, help me in the situation, Lord, give me wisdom where Waldo is concerned, <laughs> give me wisdom where Waldo is concerned and um and so, Lord, what are you looking to do in this situation? When you're yielding to God, you're positioning yourself in a way where you're gonna ask God, What are you, Lord, what are you doing in this situation? And so you already see we're talking about relationship here. We're not talking about performance, we're not talking about religiosity, we're talking about you having a very real, intimate relationship. With the Holy Ghost. Lord, what are you looking to do in the situation? And when you know how valuable you are to God, what happens is, you know, you want to know you're valuable to God. You want to know that God loves you uh, with a perfect love. This is important to understand too. You got to know that God loves you no matter what, man. God loves you in your cracker moments, okay? God loves you when you're doing well. God loves you when you're dealing with Waldo, okay? Um, and so God loves you And what happens is when you know God loves you, when you know that you're valuable to God, you're going to be able to trust God's intention where a certain situation is concerned. And so when I'm yielding to God, I'm saying, Lord, I don't really know why this is happening here. I'm dealing with this challenge, Lord. But Lord I know that you, that I can trust your intentions because your purposes for me are for good. Lord, you say in your word you work everything out for good And so Lord, there's a, a wide gap. Lord, I'm dealing with this financial issue uh, Lord but 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 I I know that you have a I know that you're using it for good. I know I can trust your intentions in this situation. I know Lord, you didn't cause the issue but Lord you're using it for my good and so what happens is you're now positioning yourself for wisdom to show up. You see, you're not gonna have a lot of wisdom from God when you're living depending on yourself. You know, and, and and remember, guys, the Bible contrasts the worldly wisdom with the wisdom of God, and the Bible calls worldly wisdom foolishness, okay? Okay, okay, so 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 you wanna be available to the wisdom of God. Now, the only way I can be available is when I'm yielding to him. Lord, what are you looking to do in this situation? You see, Lord, what are you looking to develop in this situation? A lot of times, you know, we're dealing with an issue and we're like, man, the enemy is just working overtime. And guys, spiritual warfare is very real. But oftentimes what's happening is the reason you're still dealing with that issue is because there's a lesson to be learned there. You know, Uh, you know, you're dealing with Waldo. Well, you know, how did you get in? You know, caught up with Waldo in the first place. You know, maybe God wants to work on your self image. You know, so you can feel good about who you are as a woman. So you realize, man, maybe you deserve something better than Waldo, okay? No offense, Waldo. No offense, Waldo. God loves you, okay? But maybe you, 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 maybe God has a relationship for you that is better than Waldo, you see? Maybe God wants to mold and shape you into the person who's going to be ready for your spouse, you see? Maybe God is wanna, wanting to do some work on the inside of you. Well, you're only going to be able to uh, see that when you are yielding to Him. You see, when we're, when, we're, when we're striving, it kind of narrows our perspective and it kind of cuts us off from the wisdom God wants us to have. But when I'm yielding to God, I'm, I'm, I'm humbling myself. I'm, I'm not pretending that I know everything. I'm saying, Lord, I need you. And now what happens is wisdom can show up in a certain situation, guys. Wisdom can show up to help us to navigate a situation. Everybody say, God is working in me. God is, is is at work on the inside of of me, you see. Praise God! I'm just noticing the time, guys. We are definitely not going to be finishing all of this here today. <laughs> Praise God! We're just going to have to continue this next week. Uh, we're at Romans six eleven, right? Uh, let's um, yeah, let's let's read Romans six eleven in the King James, since we've already turned there. And uh, I want I want to I want you to see this because you know, like I said, you, you, when you're yielding to God, God wants to have some wisdom that's going to show up in your life. Okay, and like I said, sometimes you know you're dealing with a relationship thing. Well, maybe God is wanting to use that to develop you into the into the person who's going to be ready for your spouse. You see, and He gives you wisdom. He he'll, he'll tell you how to navigate the situation. He'll tell you what to do. Okay. I'm talking from my own experience now. <laughs> He's going to give you wisdom, you see. And so, and so in order for us, however, to receive this wisdom, we got to be on the same page with God. In other words, we got to be able to, to see ourselves the way that God sees us, you see. That's important when it comes to yielding the way the Bible talks about yielding. Notice what he says in Romans 6, 11 in the King James, and you'll see what I'm saying here. He says, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, Not only dead to sin, dead indeed unto sin. Now, reckon here, this word reckon is an old English term, and it means to consider. It means to esteem. It means to reason. It's really to reckon is a word we don't really use anymore these days, but it's, it's, it's an accounting term. It means to take an inventory of a situation, you know, to closely examine the, 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 the facts. And then based on the facts that you're observing, you, you reckon, you draw a very strong conclusion, you see. And so we are called to reckon ourselves as dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now, to reckon simply means, guys, this is not just to casually consider something. This is not to have like a mental assent or an intellectual agreement. This means, man, that you've really been meditating on this this means you've really been looking at all of the evidence. And based on all of the evidence, man, you you are counting yourself, considering yourself dead indeed unto sin. Now, sin here is not talking about the act of sinning. It's talking about the power of sin, but it's really also talking about the old identity is talking about you You are to reckon yourself as dead unto the old identity because in the King James uh, he's talking about uh, sin here as really the, the, the identity of the old man, the old self who you were before you got into Christ the you that was crucified with Christ you see, and so you are to reckon yourself as dead to that old identity and alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord and guys, correct identification, when you identify Correctly, what that's gonna be, what, what that's gonna do is it's gonna enable you to live right because when you identify as who you are in Christ, it's like you're attuning yourself to the to the channel of, of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost broad, broadcast, okay, because remember the Holy Spirit is your advocate. So the Holy Spirit is always gonna talk to you about who you are in Christ. He's always gonna whisper to your heart, no matter what's going on, he's gonna say, You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And so you know, we, we, we hear from God correctly when we get into, when we, when we attune ourselves to, to what, where God is, uh, in a sense broadcasting from, you know, and, and so he's trying to reach you. Uh, Here And so you're going to be able to hear it more clearly when you line up your thinking with where he's trying to reach you from. And you do that through the word of God. That's you renewing your mind in the word. And in a very fundamental way, it's you identifying correctly. And your identity is the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And your identity is your position in Christ. Everybody say, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now, notice what happens in verse 12 when you identify correctly. He says, let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lusts thereof. And so you now have the ability to let not sin reign in your mortal body. Now, sin is not just talking about, you know, you know, the obvious sin. It's It's also talking about, guys, stuff that you were dealing with before and might still be dealing with, okay, like a bad temper or, you know, certain things push your buttons and, and you just kind of go crazy because of, you know, somebody put your buttons. Okay. Um, and that's totally fine. But what I'm telling you is the way that you're going to overcome that is not by you resisting harder or struggling against it. Sometimes religion says you got to struggle against sin. No, what you got to do is you got to reckon yourself as dead to that old identity and alive unto God through Jesus Christ, your Lord. You see, you got to identify correctly. When you're identifying correctly, it's going to enable the Holy Spirit to do his best work on the inside of you. You see, and um, he goes into yielding unto God, obviously, here in the next verse. And so yielding to God is, this is important, guys, to really carry this away here today. We're going to talk more about this on yielding, but... You, 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 you yield to God from identifying with who you are in Christ. You see, you don't yield to God from a place of, man, I'm just this miserable uh, sinner, you know, and I, I'm just, man, I'm just no good. Uh, Lord, I, I know I'm no good. I know you know I'm no good. Lord, it's a hopeless case. Uh, Lord, I yield to you now. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. No. That's not what the Bible says. And notice, guys, we're talking about what the Bible says and what Alex says. He says, reckon yourself dead to that old identity, alive to God and unto God through Jesus Christ, your Lord. And from that place, you, you, you yield to God as his instrument. You see, you yield to God as his instrument from a place of correct identification. Does everybody understand that? And so we navigate navigate the gap by yielding to God By identifying correctly. Now, what I want to do before we're already out of time here, I want us to look at an example of Paul and um, head over to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. We're going to look at verses 20 and 21. And I want to show you guys that Paul was a man who practiced what he preached, man. (laughs) Okay. Paul was a man who practiced what he preached. I'm going to show you that this is exactly how Paul was living his life. And I've shared with you before, Paul certainly was living in this gap. You know, Paul was believing God for all of these promises, and and he was dealing with such hardship, with such tribulation, persecution, man, uh, beyond anything that you and I experience, you know. You know, man, you know, how blessed are we today? Most likely you're watching me from a place in the world where, you know, people aren't trying to stone you for being a Christian. Well, Paul, they tried to stone him. He was shipwrecked. He was thrown into prison. Man, uh, you know, he was whipped. He was dealing with all this stuff. So, how was Paul living his life? Well, Paul was living a life of yielding to God. Paul was living a life of correct identification. And I want you to see this here in, in Galatians two twenty. And we're going to have four points we want to extract here from this verse. I, I recommend you guys write these down. Now I'm back in the New Living Translation now. He says in Galatians 2.20, he says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. Stop right there. That's reckoning yourself as dead unto the old self, the old identity, the power of sin. So what Paul preached in Romans 6, we see him living it here in Galatians 2.20. He says, reckon yourself dead to that old identity. That's what Paul was doing. He says, my old self, who I used to be, man, was crucified with Christ. He says, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. He says, so I live, this earthly, I live in this earthly body, watch this, by trusting in the Son of God, who loved me and who gave himself for me. He was not depending, Paul was not depending on himself. He was trusting in the Son of God. And so we see that Paul was living the yielded life as he was navigating this gap in which we all live as believers. And so first point here we want to extract from this verse here is that Paul was identifying with his position in Christ. That's at the very beginning he says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. Paul was identifying with his position in Christ. Paul was no longer identifying with Saul. And guys, how many know Saul was a bad dude, okay? Saul made some serious mistakes, persecuting the church, standing by as Christians were being uh, martyred, and he, he did nothing. But Paul wasn't walking around feeling guilty about that because he knew that his own self was crucified with Christ. Guys, I want you to understand whoever you were before you got saved was crucified with Christ. You say, well, Alex, you don't know. I still deal with all these issues. Slow down. You are no longer identifying with your behavior. You're not denying your behavior. You're not denying the issue, but remember, we have to contrast your position in Christ, your experience. You're standing in Christ before the Father. I'm righteous, and your state. Okay, sometimes I'm I'm you know not exactly righteous. All right, uh, you know that's your state. Now, in your spirit, you're righteous. The work is taking place in your soulish realm. You got to align your mind, will, and emotions with who you are in Christ, so the Holy Spirit can then work with you on that. You see. So you see, the renewing of the mind is not you doing it in your own self-effort. It's you cooperating with what the Holy Spirit of grace is trying to do on the inside of you. He's working in you. Everybody say, God is working in me. God is working in me. You see? And so you want to identify with your position in Christ. Paul was identifying with his position in Christ. to write this down, Paul's new identity was found in his union with Christ Christ. He says here, it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. You as a believer, you are living your life with Christ on the inside of you. He's living in you. You got Jesus in you. You got his Holy Spirit working in you. And in fact, the Bible says he is in you. You are in him. And so no matter how you feel, no matter how you act, he's never distant. He is with you. And so you want to live, you want to find your new identity in your union with Christ Jesus, as Paul did. Number three, Paul lived in complete dependence on Jesus. He says here, he goes on to say, so I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God. By trusting in the Son of God. Church, we are to live in complete dependence on Jesus Christ. And you can trust him. See, when you know who you are and what he's done for you, that's going to give you some assurance that you can trust him. You say, Alex, I fall short. Well, he's already dealt with your mistakes on the cross. You see, he's not going to try to, uh, you know, get you for your mistakes. No, he's going to try to help you. He's going to try to get you on the right path, but it's never going to be this place of condemnation. When you know you're God, I want you to understand. When you know you're Jesus, glory to God, you know that his plans for you are for good. You know you can trust him. You see, it goes back to trusting his intention. You know, sometimes it doesn't quite go the way you thought it was going to go. Well, okay, Lord, it's going a little different than I thought it was going to go. All right. But Lord, I'm going to trust you. I know you're the God who loves me. I know you're the God who works things together for my good. I know you're the God who who wants to do me good, you see, so you can trust him. And so Paul lived in this complete trust and dependence on Jesus. And finally, number four, Paul kept the love of Jesus, which was expressed through the cross. He kept that alive in his heart. Paul kept the love of Jesus Christ, which is expressed through the cross. Alive in his heart at all times. He says here, I live in this earthly body trusting in the Son of God, watch this, who loved me and who gave himself for me. When you know how much Jesus loves you, man, it's going to help you to, to trust him, to depend on him. And so, how do we navigate this gap? This is the grace life, guys. This is the yielded life, guys. We identify with our position in Christ. Our new identity is found in our union with Christ. We live in complete dependence on Jesus for all things, and we gotta keep the love of Jesus alive in our hearts at all times. And I was sharing in our Bible study, God loves you no matter what, but you gotta actually have some moments where you're actively, deliberately receiving the love of God for you. It's not just gonna happen all by itself we got to actually have some moments where we meditate on the truth that he loves us and we got to receive his love guys we got to actively receive the love of god and i look at verse 21 and we'll end here paul says in galatians 2:21 i do not treat the grace of god as meaningless man i don't want to treat god's precious grace as meaningless He says, for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. Now, keeping the law means trusting in yourself, trusting in your own self-effort, thinking that you're going to be right with God based on what you do. Well, Alex, I'll be righteous when I act righteous. That's trying to keep the law. Now, Paul says, when you're trying to do that, what you're doing is you're treating the grace of God as meaningless. Anytime we live in self-dependence, striving... Rather than God-dependence, yielding, we are treating the grace of God as meaningless. The the King James here says, we're frustrating the grace of God. It's frustrating to the grace of God, (laughs) you know? And so when we try to make things happen in our own strength, we're striving. When we trust and depend in what Jesus has already done and what the Holy Spirit is looking to do in us right now, we're living the yielded life. The yielded life is the grace life. The yielded life is the Christian life. It enables God's power to work on the inside of us. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm Alex Rubid. You have been listening to Grace to Your World. Be sure to join me again on our next podcast as we continue to grow in our understanding of God's grace. Now, to learn more and to access the full-length audio of this and other teachings, simply head to graceworldonline.org. For information on how to become a Grace Vision partner or how to make a gift of any amount to our ministry, visit graceworldonline.org forward slash give. Now I pray that you continue to see God's grace manifesting richly in your life, and I look forward to talking to you again on our next podcast.